Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK Weekly Podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy! Last week, I shared a, a message that uh, was slightly longer. I apologize, uh, but it was an important message. You know, I'm saying this not any ego involved, but I'm saying this because I really feel it in my spirit that that was a message that God wanted us as a church to hear and wanted us as a church to work on. And so I want you to, if you missed out that message, go back, you know, it's available on YouTube, you know, feel free to give us a like and subscribe there, you know, or even here on Facebook uh, or wherever you're getting this. You could even be listening from the future right now and this is coming from the podcast. Uh, you know, I'll go back, listen to the last week's message and just allow God to work on you, meditate on that. Uh, it's so important that as we come to the midway point of 2020, uh, to really take stock of what has happened so that we can be really productive with the following months that are ahead. Amen. Not just productive, but hopeful. And so today, I want to bring us, you know, maybe on a, uh, on a, on a how do I say, continuation. Uh, it's basically building upon what I shared last week or, or the premise that I shared last week, but don't worry, uh, it will be hopefully lighter in tone, uh, so that, uh, you know, and ho- hopefully shorter, uh, uh, just like my hair, like it? Anyway, um, so if you're taking down notes, my message or the title of my message today is called Bringing Ideas to Life. That's right, Bringing Ideas to Life. Last week, we talked a lot about checking our hearts, making sure that we are on the right path, that we are taking in all that God wants us to do, you know, to do His will, to do it daily, and uh, to check on uh, our lives. If we owe God any debts, anything that we have promised to do, have yet to accomplish, maybe it could be, be obedience, surrender, etc. Uh, and uh, we talk about doing God's will a lot. It's good message. Go back, listen to it. I'm sure you will be blessed. Uh, but today, I want to build upon that and, and, and basically bring us to a point where, you know, now that we have taken stock, now that we have, you know, uh, checked our hearts and, and go like, man, uh, I, I've accomplished this. Or maybe you now feel like God is reminding you of things to do. Or maybe for the first time, you are uh, seriously taking into consideration God's daily uh, uh, quest. Oh, that's such a big word. Uh, God's daily allowance, you know, quest, a to-do list, you know, God's daily will for you. Uh, and, uh, you know, and, and, and what can happen sometimes is that we get filled and we get, you know, uh, filled so much with ideas, ideas in our mind, in our hearts, ideas to go like, man, wow, I suddenly feel like I need to do this. I suddenly feel like I need to catch up on this. And I'm talking about every idea, not just spiritual, um, but also practical. Maybe some of us here, we are suddenly reminded of our New Year resolution, whatever that might be. It could be to lose weight, and then you suddenly go like, man, I, oh, I realize now that it's been six months, and I said that I want to lose weight instead of just gaining weight. 
And so you're silly filled with ideas or reminded of ideas to lose weight, uh, to work on your CV, to work on yourself, to work on your marriage, to work on the relationships in your life, to, to maybe ideas to go like, man, I, I think this is the year I want to uh, uh, do God's will. I want to catch up on my Bible reading plan. Or maybe ideas like, oh, I want to reach out to more people. Uh, ideas to bless more people, uh, to help more people. And, and what happens is that we get so much ideas and we are immediately paralyzed uh, by those ideas because ideas are great when we get them, or, but scary the longer we think about them, if you know why I'm saying. Anyone who's ever had to go through that with an idea, you know, spam me some love buttons, some like buttons there. And uh, someone has said this before, that one of the uh, places with the most untapped potential uh, is actually the cemetery or any graveyard because buried there are lots of good ideas uh, that never got off the ground and are now literally buried underground. And I was reminded by this, by the Holy Spirit to say that, you know, last week that you've taught my people how to check their hearts and, and realign back to me. Now I want you to help my people propel themselves forward. Uh, and I wrote here something that I caught from the Holy Spirit. It says here that it is not the lack of ideas, but a lack of execution that is the problem. And you might be even be watching this and thinking, oh, no, Pastor, you keep talking about ideas, ideas, ideas. I don't really feel like I've got much ideas. It's okay. It's not about, you know, bringing ideas to life. It's not about having fresh ideas. Sometimes it's not the fresh ideas that you're going to bring to life. It's an old idea. It's an idea that I've always had. And like I said, it is not a lack of ideas that the problem is the lack of execution. And that's what I want to help us today to, you know, put some... I don't know, fire to our engine and help us to live out, bring our ideas to life and execute some of those dreams that God has deposited in you. Amen. Praise God. Before I go on to give us three very powerful points, would you allow me to pray? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that we're about to dive into it. We invite your word to be like life-giving instruction, to Speak to us to mold us. Even today, as we want to learn from your word by the inspiration of you, Holy Spirit, how to bring our ideas to life, whether it's a God idea or just an idea that you have naturally birthed out of us. God, we say, Lord, check our hearts. Help us, Lord, right now as we read your word to let every word, every verse jump out of the Bibles, out of the pages and Checkers and correctors and changes from the inside out so that we become more like you. We declare our hearts are open and give us courage, Lord, to live out your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I got three points for you to help bring your ideas to life. And uh, point number one is this, you know, I wrote here, okay? Let me just frame it like this. Three things to remember when executing your idea. First thing to remember, that God believes in you. It is so important for us to, to have confidence 
uh, in our idea, to have confidence to execute the idea. And many times, I notice firsthand because many times I hear God speak and, 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 and I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not sh- short of uh, uh, faith um, in God, but sometimes I'm short of faith in myself. If, if you know what I'm saying, you know, uh, I, I get this a lot. Sometimes people say, hey, pastor, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. Uh, and uh, sometimes people will even pray. And then I'll, I'll, I'll you know, I, I'm, I welcome all prayer. But sometimes people will say things like, God, I pray that you will help, you know, Pastor Dave be humble. And sometimes I go like, um, bro, am, am, I, am I not? You know, and, and why five many times is, I mean, I'm not saying that you can't pray that for me, but many times, I find that my issue is not so much with humility. In fact, I, I think I, I wrestle with self-doubt a little bit too much. Uh, like, I don't think I can do this. And, and that's the thing, you know, uh, for me at least, and maybe for some of you who are watching this, you know, what you lack is not resources. What you lack is not fresh ideas, but what you lack is self-confidence. Or believe in yourself. And, 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 and sometimes it's hard. Sometimes we have those days, don't we? Where we wake up and it feels like, God, why am I here? I, I feel like a phony. I feel like, uh, uh, like I don't know, like the, the, the person on, who interviewed me uh, uh, messed up. And I feel like I'm, uh, I'm hired by mistake. Where I you know we have days like that where we wonder if we are doing the right thing. If we are meant to do what we're meant to do. And it's times like that that we got to remember, even when we can't find strength to believe in ourselves, doesn't change the fact that God believes in us. One of the most powerful things about Christianity is not only that God loves us, and He does. John three sixteen says that for God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. The whole world, He loved it, and He gave Jesus so that the whole world and can come alive through His Son. But faith, I discovered, is not just love, but faith is also trust. And trust is a two-way street. I've come to discover uh, that the more, if, the more I trust God, the more I have faith in Him, the more He trusts me and has faith in me. Uh, the more I, for example, uh, I, I discover from my own life, even as we are in this season of, of giving, of generosity, I find that as I begin to trust God more and more uh, with my finances, as I dare to surrender to God more and more uh, 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 material things, God, I trust my future of you, uh, God, I give to you, I find that God in His goodness uh, uh, causes me to reap and gives back to me. You know, we have a saying that and the, those that can give to God, God can also give to and give through. So like I said, you know, it's a two-way street. I wrote here, faith is a two-way street. The more faith you have in God, the more, the more he trusts you. And what does he trust about us? You know, many times we go like, oh, God, trust me. Oh, no, you know, I'm not a good person. You know, if only God knew what I did. Well, well, good news. Or maybe not so good news, but okay, good news. He knows. He knows. He knows everything about our lives. And the thing that we've got to understand is this, that God believes in us, but he, he believes in our potential and not our performance. 
let me let me repeat that. God believes in our potential. He he loves our potential, not necessarily our performance. It is not the performance of man that impresses God. It is the potential of man that impresses God. If you don't believe me, you know, you can open up your Bibles and you can turn with me to Genesis chapter 12, verse 2. And, and I want to give us, for this first point, two instances when Jesus and all God uh, uh, called out to man. And when he called out to man, he did not call men out on their performance. He called them out on their potential. And so one of the earliest people to be called by God in the Bible is Abraham. Abraham, father of faith. God called him. But do you know how God called him? God called him in, in Genesis 12, verse 2. If you have your Bibles, turn me there. Genesis 12, 2. says this, I, God, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. Do you see that God is calling Abraham out by his calling out his potential? He didn't say, Abraham, because you've been doing this, because you've been great, I will make you greater. Uh, because you have been, you know, uh, uh, strong, I will make you stronger. Because your name is famous, I will make your name even more famous. No, none of that. You know, in fact, before Abraham did anything, God saw greatness in him. Before Abraham's name was even Abraham. His, in fact, his OG name was Abraham. Abraham, and God saw the potential of an Abraham in him, even though his name was Abraham. And, and God saw all that and basically called him out and said that, Abraham, I want to use you. Abraham, I want to use you. I see a great nation in you. I see a great name in you. I see a great person in you. I see that you can be a blessing to the nations. Would you follow me? Would you follow me? That was it. God, God called out Abraham's potential. And this wasn't just in the Old Testament. Even in the New Testament, one of the first persons, the earliest people to be called by Jesus, you know. In fact, it wasn't just one person. It was two. It was a, a, a pair of brothers, you know. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 to 19, if you have your Bibles, Matthew 4, 18 to 19 says this. As Jesus was walking by the sea, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting nets into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And again, you know, God wasn't looking at their performance. Oh, wow, I could, no, uh, there's a lot about evangelism that's similar to fishing. So I'm looking for fishermen. No, no, no. God saw the potential. They just happen to be fishermen. They just happen to buy, be by the sea because Jesus was just walking by the sea in modern day terms, you know. Maybe they were not fishermen. Maybe they were water sports, uh, 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 you know, salespeople. They were there to convince tourists to jet ski or something like that. And, and Jesus would have done the same thing. And, and maybe, you know, in this alternate uh, 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 paraphrase, Jesus would have gone like, you know, and walking by the sea, saw Simon called Peter and Andrew's brother, and they were, you know, selling jet skis. And, and then Jesus said to them, follow me and I will 
you know, make you salespeople of, of, of the gospel. You know, equip with anything. In fact, you know it's not about fishing because Jesus called tax collectors. And Jesus called, you know, uh, people from all walks of life, uh, learned, unlearned, uh, scholars, non-scholars, uh, to follow him. He saw the potential in them. He saw that they could be evangelists. They were there fishing, but God saw evangelists in them. They were there dealing with, with fish, but God saw them dealing with people, connecting with people, talking to people, healing people. And, and God always sees the best in us. And that's why we got to remind ourselves, you know, as you are here in the middle of the year, checking your hearts and maybe God is saying to you, hey, son, hey, daughter, I want you to be a blessing. I want you to be more sensitive to me. I want you to learn to love the people around you. And the first, our first reaction is, God, are you sure, God? Are you sure you're talking to me? And that's why we got to remind ourselves, wait a second, God is talking to me. Even though I might not see much in myself, God sees more in me. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with God's perception of me and not allow my own perceptions to continue uh, the procrastination in my life. Wow. You know, sometimes, you know what? What could be the stumbling block in our lives? The thing that keeps us procrastinating is our own perception. So switch your vision. Switch to some God vision. Go like, you know what? It's okay if I don't feel like a winner. We all have days like that. Like I said, I have, I have days like that. We don't always feel confident. We don't always feel like we are, you know, doing uh, our very best. But it doesn't change the fact that God loves me and he is not disillusioned uh, by my performances because he has no illusions at all about who I am. Instead, he sees through us. He sees into us. He sees into eternity, into longevity. And he sees that, no, I, I, can, I can use that person because I, I see an evangelist in that person. I see a businessman in that person. Uh, I see a life giver in that person. I see an encourager. I'm going to call them out. I'm going to call out uh, Abraham, even when he was just Abraham. I'm going to call out uh, Peter, even when he was just a Simon. I'm going to call them out because I see the potential in them. So don't ever forget that God believes in you. You know, right now, you know, just, just, just this week, encourage someone. Tell them God believes in them. Not only loves them, but believes in them because that's what love does. Love believes. Amen. Now, point number two is this. Now that we know that God, or as reminded again, that God believes in me, what we need to do, what we need to remember when executing, bringing our ideas to life is to get good counsel. Get good counsel. Don't just have a great idea. Don't just tell yourself, oh, no, yeah, God believes me, great. After that, let's move on to some practical stuff. Get good counsel. You know, surround yourself with good counsel. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33 says this. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. 
You know, sometimes we are full of potential. We've got it. We've got what it takes. You've got the talent. You've got the connection. You've got everything. You've got the time. You've got the energy. Uh, but what you need to do is you gotta you got to begin to shift and begin to change the company that you keep. Because as great as you are, as full of potential as you are, you know, the Bible says very clearly, you know, evil company, bad company, wrong company, corrupts good habits. You know, if, if you don't surround yourself uh, with the right people, you'll find that even the right stuff in you will slowly fade away, slowly be uh, corrupted. And that's what we see in the world. You know, there's so many creative people out there, you know, great designers, great composers, but it's the company that they keep that affects what they produce. And that's why art and creativity, for example, is, is such a neutral thing. It's a good habit, good gift from God. But the company, the people that they surround themselves with are the ones that either make it something greater, something that glorifies God and helps mankind, or something that is selfish and self-seeking. Amen? And so, you know, I want us to get some good counsel. And then, then let me give you another uh, verse, Proverbs chapter 11 verse 14, where there is no counsel, the people fall. And that's why sometimes we get a good idea uh, and, and we need to not just keep the idea to ourselves. We got to sometimes share, not share with everyone because that's, that's not intelligent, uh, but you got to share with the right people. It says here that where there is no counsel at all, when we keep it to ourselves, when we bury it, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. And this is, this is where we need to take, you know, what God has deposited in us. You know, whether it's a God idea, I want to evangelize, you know, then you got to find good counsel. But what is good counsel? You know, uh, does it just mean find people who are like-minded, people who think like you, people that you know? No, no, far from it. You know, I, I wrote here, don't go for like-minded people or even passionate people. You might be, oh, wait a second. I, I thought passion's important to execute ideas. Yeah, uh, but, but, but sometimes what, what happens is that, you know, passionate people end up just, you know, being so passionate talking uh, that they, they spend more time talking, more time hyping. Uh, have you met people like that before? People who are so passionate about, I want to change the world, man. I'm so excited to change the world. And you're always hearing them talk about changing the world. You're always hearing them talk about making money. And the heart is so deceitful. Sometimes we can talk a good game, but have nothing to show for. Similar with like-minded people. Sometimes we can surround ourselves with like-minded people, people who, are, who think like us, who are so like us, that they will not challenge us. You know, uh, instead, what we need to do is to find counsel from productive people. And I wrote here, because productive people know how to channel their passion into purpose. Every productive person that I've ever met is a passionate person. And, you know, but not every passionate person I meet is a productive person. So get some counsel. And what makes good counsel? People who are producing. And so if, if you 
suddenly you have an idea uh, to for missions. Let's say you have suddenly an idea come over you to say that you know, child, spend some time, go on a mission trip. Don't just talk to people who think like you, because people who think like you won't will 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 be afraid to challenge you, uh, and in fact, they might be afraid of you uh, changing your mold. And so like-minded people have the danger of, of keeping you where they are at. And similar, talking to passionate people while can get you hyped up might not make you productive. But a productive person is passionate. You know, it doesn't matter what the uh, uh, productive on, you know, it, it, they, they know how to channel that passion, you know, if, if you, if, you know, just even the physical, right, <laughs> uh, people who, who have, you know, lots of children, they know how to channel their passion, if you know what I'm saying, right, you know, people with great businesses know how to channel their passion, they don't just talk, they know how to take that talk and channel it. And this is so important. For example, if you want to lose weight, let's use an example that's a bit more fun. If you want to lose weight, right? You want a, 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 a trainer who's productive in the area of losing weight. And no, you don't go to someone who thinks like you. You know, the old you wants to just, you know, Netflix and chill. And eat ice cream, tubs and tubs of Ben's and Jerry, and binge watch the latest episode or season of something. You know, talking to someone who shares the same binge watching habit with you and the same, you know, junk food habit as you uh, about your dreams, about your ideas of losing weight will go nowhere. You know, similarly, talking to people who are just passionate about being healthy uh, 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 might get you excited about being healthy, but they might not be able to get you to where you You need someone who is already showing signs that they have lost weight, that they have been productive with the weight loss, or they have been productive with the weight gain. Uh, they have been productive with the muscle building. Uh, and, and that's why when you go to a gym, many times you see the trainers and they don't think like you. They don't think uh, 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 that you are uh, uh, no, uh, perfect as you are. No, they, when they look at you, they go like, all right, how much weight do you want to lose? All right, let's, let's get you there. The first thing they do is to break uh, the mold and go like, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't agree. I, I agree that you need to change. And I don't agree that you don't need to change, if you got what I'm saying. In other words, that's why you always hear trainers going like, come on, give me 10 more. A person who thinks like you will go like, you know what, you've done 10. That's enough. You know, just chill, find a corner, and uh, drink a bottle of Coke. But someone who is productive and wants to get you productive will go like, come on, 10 more. That's called channeling their passion. Amen. And, and, this, and this is so important because many times as Christians, we've, we, I, 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 as a pastor, I hear so many people say, oh, God's been speaking to me. God's been speaking to me. God's been speaking to me. I'm like, great. But, but what are you going to do about it? And also, if you want to work on your marriage, don't just go on Instagram and find inspiration there. Talk to people that have a productive 
marriage. You know, if you want to progress in your career, don't just watch 10 hours of, of, of self-help saying that you can do it, you can do it. Talk to people. Sit with people uh, who have gone through it. Sit with people who uh, have passed interviews. You know, sit with people who have gone further than you. I wrote here one last scripture for point number two. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 20 to 21. And this is so powerful. It says this, Proverbs 19, 20, 21. Listen to counsel and receive instruction. Amen. You want to receive people who can give you instruction. Don't just sit with people who agree with you. Sit with people who can challenge you and give you instruction. That you may be wise in your latter days. You see, when you have counsel, you have, you have long days. You have long days ahead of you. Amen. You have your long, when you have counsel, you will be wise because you receive instruction for your latter days. And it goes on to verse 21. It's my favorite. There are many plans. In a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel, hyphen, that will stand. It's, you, you gotta read it like that. Every time Proverbs, you gotta read the punctuations, all right? You know, it's, it's that. It's not just, you know, nevertheless, the Lord's plan that will stand. No, nevertheless, the Lord's plan, that will stand. And what you need to know is this that sometimes we can be filled with a lot of ideas. Like, like, like Proverbs says, you know, the many plans in the man's heart, lots of ideas. But until you sit with good counsel, productive counsel in the area that you want to work on, they will be able to help you filter, filter through. You know, in, in the past, uh, when I was in Malaysia and, uh, you know, we were blessed by God to be running a successful student ministry. And every now and then I'll get people uh, who want to start uh, uh, the same ministry, people who are just starting out, uh, uh, you know, younger, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, youth leaders, pastors, etc., will come and they'll ask me, and, and, and how do you do this? How do you do this? I've got all these ideas. And what I usually do with them is I listen to all their ideas and I help them to kind of like, all right, good, good that you got that all out of your system. And I want you to know, that what youth ministry really is, what student ministry really is, is this, 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 this. And I've accomplished all that I can because I focus on this, this, and this. And so you've got to learn to channel. And so you've got to learn to filter some of those ideas. Uh, uh, I just hype some of those ideas are not, not for now. It's for the future. But what you need to do is get these basics first. Productive counsel, good counsel will always be able to help us to streamline our ideas. Amen. And, 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 and so find some good counsel, whether it's your home leader, uh, whether it's your pastors and you know, some leaders in church, you know, but, but sit under people who are productive. People who have gone further, people who can challenge you, people who love you and believes that God believes in you so that you can go further. Which brings me to point number three is this. Have you noticed that all the points start with the letter G? First point, God believes in you. Second point, get good counsel. And uh, point number three, get to the next step. Get to the next step. Like I said, good counsel will be able to give you instruction, help you streamline your ideas and tell you what are the basics, tell you what are the foundations, what to build on, what's the next step. 
And what you need to do, how to bring your ideas to life, is to focus on the next step. The next step. Let's go back to point number one. And the two people that I use as an example, right? Abraham. Abraham, of course, we know that eventually, you know, God bless him and, 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 and he, was, he was, you know, until today, we still celebrate him as the father of faith, you know. We, 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 we cite God as the, as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Wow. But you know that Abraham had a next step. You know, after God challenged him, after God says that I believe not in your performance, because you're an old man, but I believe in your potential, despite you being an old man. And so come out and follow me. And so Abraham's next step was to leave his father's house. And for some of us, you know, the next step is to leave our father's house. Leave our comfort zone. Maybe for some of us, it literally is. Move out. Move out from your parents. <laughs> so Abraham, you know, being a 70, I think he was around 70, 80. When God called him, he had to move out from his parents. Wow. Wow. <laughs> you know, and so what he had to do was, you know, Abraham ha had a next step. He had to first leave his father. Then his next step was to follow God and God brought him to Canaan. And God says that, okay, leave your father's house. I see great potential in you. And Abraham says, okay leaving my father's house. And God says, come with me. Let's go to Canaan. And then God brought him to Canaan. And everyone's like, oh, wow, this is Canaan. And God says, yeah, this is where I want your descendants to settle. This is the promised land that I will give you. And then Abraham's like, oh, nice. And then what he did was he built an altar. And so the first step, left his father's house. Second step, he go to Canaan and build an altar. Then God brought him to Bethel and he built another altar. And then God brought, and then the famine happened and God brought him to Egypt. And then out of Egypt, God brought him. And then when he came out of Egypt, he was full of wealth. And then God had to separate him, Abraham, because he didn't just travel with his family, but he brought his nephew along. And, and out of Egypt, God had to bring him to the next step of separation from Lot. Not just separation from, from Egypt, but separation from Lot. People who are with you, the counsel that you keep, uh, that might not be good for you. God separates. And then God brought him to Hebron. And then from there, God brought him to war. And then from war, God taught him how to tithe when he met the, the king of Salem, Melchizedek. And then after that, God brought him to a place where he formed a covenant with him. And that's where you get the scripture that God says, you know, come out from your tent, look at the stars, look at the stars, look how they shine for you. Anyway, so I couldn't resist, I'm sorry. Uh, and, and, and look at all that and go like, I will make your descendants like the stars. And, and, then, and then the covenant was formed. The next step, the next step, the next step. You see, God saw great potential in Abraham, it wasn't until, you know, uh, make, while making a covenant that God gave him a new name. So do you see, you know, there's at least, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And what, at least eight next steps from Abram to Abraham. And from then, there were many more next steps. Do you see, God is a God of next steps. He sees great potential, but he calls us out. Next step, next step, next step, next step. I'm just summarizing the, the different things that happen in, in the book of Genesis for you. But not only that, the same 
with Peter. Peter, after God called him and his brother. And so, again, clarification, just in case you go like, you know, you know, does God really see potential? Maybe he just saw potential in Peter. Oh, no, no. He called both Peter and Andrew and called both of them fishers of men. So don't ever forget that. God sees our potential. The fishers of men wasn't just the potential of Peter. It was also the potential of Andrew. You have a potential in you. I just felt I certainly need to pause there and tell someone. Someone out there needs to hear this. You know, you've been doubting yourself. God believes in you. God has something in you, but you got to get some good counsel. And then you're going to take the next step. Amen. And Peter did this as well. Right? God saw a fisherman in Peter. But what did Peter have to do next? Peter had to leave his profession. He had to leave his nets. He had to leave his ship, uh, his boat. Uh, and then Peter had to follow Jesus for three years. And in that three years, Jesus, uh, Peter had to sit at Jesus' feet. Just sat there taking in the Beatitudes taking in the Lord's Prayer, like we did last week, just taking all in. And then what was, G what was Peter's next step after leaving the boat? To follow Jesus. After following Jesus, what was the next step? Witness miracles and the different miracles that Jesus performed. Great. After that, what? Perform miracles. When Jesus sent them out as his disciples two by two. So, 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 so Jesus was like, Peter, I see potential in you. I see you in the future healing people. But until you can do it by yourself, I'm going to put some good counsel around you. I'm going to send you guys out two by two so that you don't just witness the miracles. You start performing them. Amen. And not just that. After that, what did Peter have to do? He had to drown. <laughs> That's his next step. Well, he had to walk on water. Then he had to drown. Then... What happened? Then he confessed Christ. Then what happened? Then the next step, he denied Christ. <laughs> then what happened? Then Jesus restored him. Then what happened? Then the next step of being filled by the Holy Spirit. You see, God dealt with Abraham step by step by step. Jesus dealt with Peter step by step by step. Even though he was called Simon, Jesus gave him a new name. You shall be called Peter. Upon this rock, I will build my church. Next step, next step. Before his name could change, Peter had to confess that Christ is Lord. Before Peter could confess, he had to drown. Before he drowned, he had to walk on water by faith. Before he could walk by water on faith, he had to walk away from his nets. The next step. What is your next step? What is your next step? Maybe you're thinking, I want to lose weight. What is your next step? Maybe you're thinking, I want to evangelize. What's your next step? Maybe you're thinking, I want to read the Bible. What's your next step? You know, sometimes we, we have a great idea and that idea is huge and we get frightened by the idea and then we procrastinate and then before we know it, the entire year has gone by and the idea it's still an idea and hopefully the idea hasn't expired. Because some ideas, they are time sensitive. Sometimes God gives us an idea to bless someone. That's time sensitive because someone needed an encouragement that day, that morning. Maybe God is challenging us, giving us an idea to give. 
and, and that's time sensitive uh, because God knows uh, uh, you know where when that person needs that breakthrough and, and who to bring that breakthrough through. And so I want to read, read one last scripture for us to wrap us up for today. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Acts 1 verse 8. We're familiar with this. It says this, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses, witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The idea, God's idea is the ends of the earth. God's idea, God's will is that none should perish. What's the next step? Be my witnesses. What's next step after that in Jerusalem? What's next step after that in all of Judea? What's the next step after that in Samaria? What's the next step after that? The ends of the earth. Jesus, even in giving his last command, was planting seeds of the next step. We got to learn to connect the dots that God has given us. And so, you know, I pray that today's message can help us to build upon the different things that God has been, you know, uh, uh, doing in our lives. Maybe last week's message was a spring clean or summer clean, now that we're in summer, and go like, you know, come on, let's let's seize the year. Uh, Let's plan ahead. These are some things to work on. What's the next step? I leave that to you. May you spend time this week Reminding yourselves, going through some scripture again, and filling yourself with some God confidence, some God perspective, so that we get off our and get out of our comfort zone and stop procrastinating. And may God lead us, guide us to some good counsel, productive counsel, uh, people in our lives that have gone far, people who are good. You know, but good counsel must be a balance, not not evil people that can corrupt our good potential and not just passionate people. Uh, they're all just hype, but productive people. Good, productive people that can help us, point us to the next step so that we can be faithful to it. You know, maybe for some of us, God's saying that, hey, I want you to have your breakthrough this year and, and, and freedom will come. But you got to tell yourself, what's the next step? What's the next step? Then maybe there's just one thing you got to change. Maybe your next step is just stop doing one thing. Maybe your next step is to start doing one thing. But it's always the next step, the next step. If, it, if it's the next step for Abraham, if it's the next step for Peter, it's going to be the next step for us. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Would you allow me to pray for us? Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you uh, that we're able to go into your word today in such a practical manner. And uh, God, I pray that uh, uh, after some hot chat with you, Lord, help us to seize the rest of the year. Help us not just have good ideas, but Lord, help us learn to filter those good ideas, to bring those ideas to life. Lord, fill us with confidence that comes from you. Remind us again how much you love us and, and, and how much you believe in us and help us to live up to your ideals of us. And help us, Lord, point us, Lord, surround us with good counsel, good home leaders. Lord, help us to trust 
uh, the, 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 the good leaders, the Christians around us, Lord, help us to, to draw from their lives, help us to open up our lives to them and, and invite their input, invite their correction to, so that we can channel our passion into something productive. And Lord, most importantly, Lord, help us, Lord, help us to, 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 to write down the next step, help us to commit to the next step and then, uh, and then the next step after that, and then the next step after that. And I pray right now for people who could be watching this for the first time, and maybe, Lord, for them, the next step is to follow you. The next step is to invite you into their lives. Friends, if you're watching this and listening to this, if you're not yet a Christian, you know, and you're hearing all this, and you can't help feel, but be filled with joy when you hear about how much God actually believes in this, God loves us, it's all true. But the next step for you then is, to be like Peter, to leave what you know and to confess that he is God. And maybe for some of us, that is the next step. To put God in the rightful place where he belongs, in the center of our lives, in the, on the throne of our heart, on the driver's seat of our plans, the captain of our lives. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.axchurch.uk. God bless.